Welcome to Digest and Invest, the podcast from eToro that brings you the top financial stories and discusses their effect on the markets. The content that will be discussed is intended for information and educational purposes only and should not be considered investment advice or investment recommendation. Make sure you understand the risks involved in trading before committing any capital and never risk more than you are prepared to lose. Past performance is not an indication of future results. And now on to the podcast. Hello and welcome back for another episode. It's the, well, we're recording on the 16th of February, uh, the Digest and Invest podcast. As usual, I'm joined by Josh Gilbert. Josh, how are you? Yeah, very well. So, thanks, Sam. Yeah, very good. Um, our listeners will be, uh, will be pleased to know it's been a busy week. We've been organising uh, lots of guests for the podcast, so lots of exciting news coming up there. Lots to look forward to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So we'll, I guess we can break the news over the uh, over the next sort of couple of weeks. But yeah, some big guests um, coming on should be should be some good episodes for our listeners. So stay tuned, subscribe, and and as usual, if you're uh, listening on a uh, podcast um, platform that you can rate us please do do that it helps with the algorithm and pushes us out and enables us to have these guests that we're about to have on for you all uh, but how's your how's your week been in in general all good yeah all good um still summer here in australia so i can't complain light evenings enjoying the sun so yeah very good although uh, unfortunately we did have a shark attack here in sydney today so wow. we'll be staying away from the beaches so yeah yeah stay away we need you for these yeah. episodes so at least <laughs> give it a month off <laughs> yeah i will um on the podcast today we can start sort of summarizing i guess the earnings season most of the big names as we know reported by now but you know we've, we've got a pretty good idea of, of how it's been received uh, and then moving on from that we can talk about the fed Fifty base point hike. Will they? Won't they? Will they raise in between meetings for the first time since I think it's the nineties? Uh, we can talk about the situation with with Russia and Ukraine and and what effect that has on different asset classes before finishing up with a, a bit of a crypto update. Yeah, perfect. I think we're covering everything there that listeners sort of need to know. Everything that's going on and yeah, perfect. We got you covered, digest and invest listeners. Um, okay, so to begin. Earnings from from Q four twenty twenty one. Talk to me. It's been good. Yeah, um, we started off a little bit mixed at the start, um, but ultimately the, the sort of the volatility we've seen in the last couple of weeks is is just masked what has been a, a strong season um, from the market and and actually the tech sector uh, as well. Interestingly, um, the S and P five hundred is reporting earnings growth of more than thirty percent, you know, which was higher than expected. You know, analysts were looking for sort of around twenty twenty five percent, so pretty positive, you know, all in all. And as I say, the tech sector um, it's having a, a great Q four earnings. The sector is the highest across the S and P five hundred for companies reporting earnings above estimates. Um, so you know, delivering once again. You know, again, you know, has done for a while, has continued to do so, but is sort of performing when we need it to. Um, but you know, away from that, no surprise to most. But the sort of the biggest earnings growth from from sectors has come from energy, industrials, and sort of the material sectors. Um, you know, if we look at the commodities prices, it's it's not hard to understand sort of why right now. Um, but as you said a minute ago, we, we've still got a few names left. Um, the biggies is probably going to be Nvidia. Uh, that comes out after the market closes later and. You know, with NVIDIA right now, it seems that they can't really do much wrong. A lot of these big trends that are really happening globally, um, you know, in the market, we can talk about the metaverse, we can talk about gaming, um, we can talk about AI, 
you know, all of this, you know, is, is sort of really playing into NVIDIA's hands. So that's going to be another interesting one to watch. But, you know, every sort of quarter, um, you know, since I can remember for the last two years, it's, it's delivered. Uh, we had a strong report from Airbnb last night that sort of showed that travel is coming back in a, in a pretty big way. They're back to sort of pre-pandemic revenues, pre-pandemic bookings. Um, so that's you know, really, really interesting. And we've got a few more big um, travel names coming up next week, like things like Expedia, Booking.com, etc. And then the rest of this week, we've got Cisco at the end of the week and, and a few retail biggies as well. So still a little bit left, but yeah, so far, so good. Um, you know, amongst, you know, a bit of weakness in the market, we, we're having some positivity. Yeah, interesting point about Airbnb. And it'd be also quite key to keep an eye on whether these other travel stocks benefit from Airbnb's results and push higher into their earnings next week, one to keep a watch on. But anyone looking out on those looking out for those i should say uh next up federal reserve aka the fomc aka the most powerful group of people in the world i guess that's up for debate but something to consider they're in the spotlight as they have been for well a very long time since the pandemic began really about what their next policy move will be Intrameeting hikes, maybe four points priced in by early summer, 50 basis point hikes at a time, seven a year. It's ever changing. Um, can you make some kind of sense for, for our listeners here, Josh? I can certainly try. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, it's the talk of the markets, isn't it? Um, look, I think probably the first thing to touch on, and you mentioned it sort of in terms of the intrameeting hike and or the emergency hike before the March meeting. It's possible, but I think it's very unlikely. I think you mentioned it at the start. Um, you know, the last time it happened was the 19th. Um, our good friend, Mr. Ben Laidler, um, I was chatting to him a few days ago and he was telling me that I think the last time it happened was in 1994. Um, he needed to tell me that because I wasn't actually born. Um, so <laughs> um, but, but, but back then, you know, there was no commentary on rate hikes. There was no minutes. There was no press releases, nothing. You know, you don't get this sort of transparency that we get. Uh, that we have today there was nothing you effectively had to guess when the fed were hiking rates through yields um you sort of had to interpret it um so it's a lot's changed right in in that time and you know mr 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 j powell uh, he's already sort of signals his preference for a slow transparent uh sort of takeoff in interest rates um you know in his words i think he mentioned the other day it was humble and nimble um you know he's under pressure from some of the fed presidents you know james bullard was pretty bullish in some of his comments the other day when talking to sort of cnbc sort of really went out on a limb and you know sort of was really pushing for you know some aggressive hikes um but as i say but to have that emergency hike i think would be completely out of sync of everything that jerome powell and the federal reserve has sort of been telling us about their transparency about their measured approach about taking it slow so it's unlikely but obviously possible um you know the likelihood of a 50 basis point hike is now more likely than 25 uh, which i think is, is pretty obvious but i think the market is is now sort of pricing that in really um but you sort of said it right there's there's still uh, a lot to, to sort of really take into it into account it is ever changing you know between now and that two-day meeting that we're going to get in in march that sort of economic picture um can really change um we've still got the case there for steeper tightening might come you know a bit more apparent because we've got more jobs numbers to come through we've got another cpi readings come through before that meeting so nothing is sort of really nailed down yet um you know either way uh, jay powell and the whole fed are going to have a pretty difficult job in their hands because 
any sort of mistake, any wrong move, and it's and it's going to really, you know, affect markets. You know, acting too aggressively, then it's going to add that uncertainty, and it slams the brakes on far too hard on this sort of economy. And then on the other hand, acting too slowly, well, then you're accommodating far too much. So you know, it's it's a tricky one either way. Um, but that's their job after all. So let's hope they get it right. Yeah, that meeting 15th and 16th uh, of March, so pretty much a month to the day where we'll find out uh, whether it is a 25 or a 50. But you mentioned most of it has been priced in. And, and to be honest, I feel like the market's been quite resilient. If we think about the factors that have affected risk overlay, we've got the inflation reports, we've got the Fed, we've got Russia, Ukraine, we've got high oil prices, we've got supply strains, we've got COVID. And the S&P only went down 12%. I mean, that's a market that kind of wants to go up if you take away a couple of bad stories. Um, let's move on, though. Let's talk about Russia and Ukraine. On, on Tuesday morning or your evening, pretty much this time yesterday, actually, uh, the, the headline came through that things were easing up. Um, and these sources were coming from Russia as well, which I think was, 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 was worth noting. Um, I think it'd be useful for our listeners to get your thoughts on the situation as, as a whole and then we can get um a view on sort of the the market reactions and whether the situation eases eases or or worsens yeah well it's just sort of something we could do without right now um we could really do without a war um but no look i mean i was reading today joe biden still doesn't sort of think we're out of the woods yet he doesn't think it's over you know he's sort of saying that, that there's a big threat there and he isn't sure of the claims i think obviously russia said they're pulling troops away from the border you know starting to ease off He's saying that, you know, they're not sure if they're true. Um, but yeah, look, maybe we'll stay away from the politics a little bit and get back to sort of why it's going to affect markets. But look, I think the clear thing to note is, right, um, and, and listeners will may not know this, but, you know, they're going to right now, is, is that markets hate uncertainty. You know, it's obvious. Um, we we want to sort of really understand why something's happening, when it's happening, to really understand. And, and I, that sort of throws us back to Federal Reserve, right? They're trying to be transparent in what's happening and trying to be open so we don't have that uncertainty uh, come through and then it obviously affects markets. But as I say, hopefully things don't come to a boil. But if they do, look, we're probably going to see some short-term weakness in the markets. You know, that's going to happen. We've already seen that with the, sort of this threat coming through. Um, and it's certainly going to go through more into sort of those riskier assets, um, you know, sort of uh, disruptive tech, crypto, those sorts of areas. Uh, that's probably where we're going to see the biggest sell-offs. You know, investors are going to start to rotate into things like gold, dollar, commodities, oil is likely to surge as well. You know, as I say, that rotation into commodities. You know, we had that relief rally yesterday on the back of obviously that good news. You know, the woke up and obviously saw the Nasdaq was up and everything was, was up. So there is obviously something there behind it and we can see how it's affecting markets. But what's important to know, and I think a lot of people will take something out of this is most ge geopolitical crises have had minimal long-term global market repercussions in the past you know we're currently in a position where you know sort of global instability sort of really does feel like the new normal right we, we sort of um you know no you know again for the last couple of years nothing's really been really certain um there is sort of a little bit of instability um so it, you know I, I do think that is the new normal but again something like a war is is really going to shake markets um and we spoke about it earlier with earnings season but ultimately corporate profits they're strong and i think that's going to continue to help support markets um you know through these difficult times you know again markets will ultimately sell off but we still got to remember that these companies are producing record profits um and continuing to be uh you know across the way you know and offsetting cost pressures with inflation 
you know, bottom line here is that volatility is going to ensue in the short term. No doubt that uncertainty is unfortunately going to reign through a lot of portfolios in that shorter term. Um, so, you know, it, it's worth thinking about, you know, options for, for hedges, etc. You know, if it, if it does come to a boil and, and being aware that, you know, risk assets will come under pressure. Yeah, traders love volatility, investors not so much. Uh, for anyone that wants to understand a little bit more about correlations and, and the market, uh, yesterday and how it was affected get up on on eToro you can get your pro charts up where you can have more than one uh, screen or chart up at a time and, and just get a couple of equity markets whether that be the S&P and the Nasdaq and then get gold up as well being a sort of safe haven but also get oil up um, as well and just sort of see that reaction from around about sort of 7 8 a.m uk time yesterday when these headlines started coming through you saw a relief for equity markets you saw gold as a safe haven coming lower uh, and oil too as well of course if if war was to kick off between russia and ukraine with russia being one of the top exporters of oil uh, obviously that's going to limit supply limit supply oil price goes up so if you bring back that supply effectively uh, then oil price will have come lower which it did so a good sort of lesson for any of you out there just have a quick look over that to see how things traded um russia and ukraine has has certainly been one of those risks we talked about it earlier and obviously just now as well uh that the market has had to sort of contest with all year one way or another it's it's also been uh affected or has affected crypto um in many investors eyes so it's it, it's still sort of a risk asset i can i guess we can say crypto at the moment so therefore if these situations get worse crypto going to be affected um, how do you sort of see the land lie with, with crypto at the moment? Obviously, that's another market like the S&P, the NASDAQ and the, the, the DAX and the FTSE that, that benefited yesterday. Um, but how do you see things at the moment? I saw Shiba were exploring the metaverse last week. Uh, Ripple had a, a boost following sort of positive developments in their court case. And look, we're still above 40K. We're almost at 45 as of right now. Are you positive short term? Uh, yes. Um but it's interesting you asked that question. I think I actually had a chat with a friend today um, and we argued over crypto. Um, so we were arguing whether, you know, crypto being in a bull market. Um, I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts? Do, are you, do you think we're in a bull market on crypto, Sam? No, no. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think, you know, we're, we're still quite nicely off that, that high. Uh, I think there's too much uncertainty for us to, to say we're in a, a long-term bull market right now anyway. Okay. Okay, well, that, this was the debate we had today. Mm. Um, so the debate was that I said that we can't be in a bull market when we're down sort of 40% from highs and yeah. we're still in I'm struggling with uncertainty. Because that would have been, a, yeah. well, we would have had a live debate. Maybe the listeners would have liked that. Um, that could have been, yeah, yeah, that could have been interesting. Um, but look, I, yeah, I, I can't, you can't say we're in sort of a bull market. I don't think when we're not seeing, yes, crypto is volatile. Yes, we're seeing those aggressive movements. Yes, it sort of has held up on support really well recently in, in some of those key areas and going back, you know, a few weeks holding up, you know, above that sort of 33,000 level and, and sort of driving back up, you know, nearly 10K in what a couple of weeks. That's bullish. Um, but to say we're in a full-blown bull market, I'm not sure. But like I say, we're, we're in a much better position than we were at the start of the year. That's clearly obvious. And I think over the last week, given, yes, we, we are seeing uh, a lot of uncertainty, inflation, um, you know, rate hikes, this is all going to affect crypto. 
um obviously the ukraine developments that's definitely going to put it under pressure no doubt about that but we're in a much you know um better position and there's been a lot of positivity in the last week as you say the xrp case was strong you had kpmg they're one of the big top accounting firms in the world they announced they're going to be buying bitcoin and ethereum then you've got blackrock well they're the biggest asset manager in the world they you know manage 10 trillion dollars worth of assets and they're preparing to offer crypto services to its clients i'm not sure it really gets much bigger than that um you know if, if that comes into play then that's that's huge again not sort of fully confirmed not fully set up yet but you know that's that's huge so as i say you've got to look at russia ukraine you've got to look at that as a headwind as we sort of mentioned it's going to put it under pressure um because it because of its you know risk uh, and it's you know as it is as an asset and ultimately when this happens pretty much everything correlates um you know as you were sort of saying then you know if you were comparing those charts you're going to see very similar correlation and the correlation has really increased between uh the broader sort of us markets and bitcoin just recently history sort of tells us that it isn't that correlated but it has really um it's been really closely correlated uh recently um but look what's what's sort of important in all of this i think um especially with this political instability it's sort of highlighting once again bitcoin and crypto's sort of main goals you know we're we're talking about it being transparent open source peer-to-peer network not controlled by a single administrator or, or central bank you know, I saw yesterday they obviously have these uh, the trucking issues in Canada at the moment, mm-hmm. and the Canadian president now has the the he has a law, uh, and it will make him it possible for him to to um, to basically stop bank accounts. Um, he can block people's bank accounts, um, and ultimately, you know, in in this day and age, you, you can't believe that is sort of happening in in this sort of world because someone is maybe protesting um so again it sort of does throw it back to us being able to be in control you know things like DeFi, being in, in your own control having that control and, and this sort of opens it up again you know especially in um you know in russia and ukraine if, if banks are going to be closed and local currencies are going to sort of tumble and fall in times of that instability you know th- those people are still going to have access through through crypto you, know, you can still spend money you can still have access to it so that sort of then highlights that all of all again um you know i think we're starting to break down these barriers um you know of entry uh we're starting to break down um you know just just general barriers of crypto in general as well and i think it's been been lowered a lot which is obviously fantastic so you know to really come back to that question am i positive yes you know i think you think you've got to be um all of those sort of that fundamental news in the short term recently is uh is really strong um and i think that all adds to it but you know we're going to be getting some very very special bitcoin insights uh very soon for our listeners as well so some very some very uh technical insights into crypto we're going to get really in depth into bitcoin in particular so if you're maybe sat on the fence um or you're maybe not sure you know we've got a lot of people out there that aren't sure why is it so valuable why should i own it well stay tuned in the next couple of weeks um we're gonna have someone tell you exactly why you need to own it yeah two words to follow up from that be excited would be the ones I would choose. I mean, my my view on on when when Bitcoin I mean, is is fascinating at the moment, and I'm I'm a I'm a long term bull for sure. What's going to be really interesting is is if and when it ha- it, it breaks down that correlation with risk and becomes maybe that flight to to sort of quality uh, at, at some point, which some people believe that will be really interesting to see how that develops. Uh, but look, we can put these questions towards our upcoming 
guests in the next few weeks. Josh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, we, of course, will uh, we'll, we'll be bringing many episodes over the next few weeks. But, uh, yeah, exciting times ahead. Yeah, it is indeed. Thank you very much, Sam, for having me as always. And uh, thanks, everyone, for listening. Have a great week. Awesome, guys. Take care. You've been listening to Digest and Invest from eToro. For more information, visit eToro.com.